Kilo Vault. Joe Elliott of Def Leppard has just called. Oh, uh, yeah, really, yeah. And let's see here. I'm Red Noise, by golly. That's who I am. Opens now. And welcome inside the Kilo Vault. We got quality time today with a great artist talking Dan Donegan, guitarist for the Chicago, Illinois band Disturbed, who's been pumping out product since they dropped the Cygnus on the world in uh, 2000. So 22 years of kicking ass, taking names. We got quality time with Dan just a couple days before the new album would drop, Divisive. Also, just a couple days after we got the new track from the new album, Bad Man. I was lucky enough to get a copy of the entire album before a conversation. So ears were put on all 10 tracks and they are just just punchy, man. I said in the, in the conversation, all thriller, no filler for Divisive. Check it out for yourself. It is now officially streaming and available to the world. So we'll talk uh, what he did during the pandemic. It, it's funny, too, because they were fixing to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the sickness. It literally celebrated its 20th anniversary maybe seven days before the pandemic would shut down in March of 2020. And, and yeah, they didn't cancel those tours, so it's been a tough, a tough go for the guys leading up to this brand new album. So let's do it without any further ado. Disturbed guitarist Dan Donegan inside the Kilo Vault. Hi, this is uh, Andrew from Q Prime looking for Ross Ford. You got him, man. Are we ready for Dan? We are ready. I will put you on hold for just a quick second, and okay. then I will get him on. All right, hold on one second. I'll grab Dan. Sounds good, man. Thanks. Yeah. Hey, Ross, are you there? Yeah. Hello. Uh, please meet Dan Donegan from Disturbed. Hello, Dan. How the hell are you? Good. How are you? Doing good. Um... Thanks for joining me this morning. Appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. And thanks for giving me the new album, too. I mean, obviously, we get it here on Friday officially, and we've already heard, what, four songs from it, but uh, to get ears on the whole thing, pretty awesome, man. Really awesome, as a matter yeah. of fact. Thank you. Appreciate that. Uh, I, I'm saying it's all thriller, no filler. <laughs> That's how we feel, too. So hopefully the, the rest of the world feels the same. No, it's like I, it's, I think it, be... 10 punishing tracks. We'll, we'll talk more about Obviously, the album, yeah. uh, some guest appearances on the album, and more. But let's go back. It's been a while. You you visited us just before the world broke uh, on the the last yeah. disturbed tour cycle. What what was uh, your pandemic experience like? What did you wind up doing? Oh man, it was uh, yeah. For me personally, it was it was challenging. Obviously, you know, we, we didn't know what this pandemic was going to turn into, and when we're told it's two weeks to flatten the curve and we go back to normal. <laughs> you know, and then all of a sudden we realized it's a lot longer than that. I mean, it was, you know, we, we had plans to do the 20th anniversary yeah. year for the sickness. So we, we had tickets up already. We were excited about going out and doing it. And obviously to have to hit, hit the pause button and wait it out. And then obviously end up canceling it all. Um, it was a bit of a struggle. You know, at, at first I, 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 didn't mind you know, being at home and being with my kids more. And I, I, I coached football a little bit on, on downtime, but then even that stuff was canceled. Um, you know, and then my kids, you know, with school and I mean, I, this is everybody around, around the world, but I'm just saying in my experience, yeah. you know, my, my, it was hard to see my son had to spend his whole eighth grade year at home, you know, homeschooled and not being around his friends and, or, or only around his closest friends, but his other classmates never had never had to uh, to finish out eighth grade and see most of those kids until graduation day. Um, 
you know, so, and then at the same time, I would personally, I was, I was struggling going through a divorce and it was a tough time. It was hard to get in a, in a, in the right headspace to, to write a new album. I, I wasn't really ready for it. Um, and it, it, it took some time until, uh, the fall of last year in 2021, um, when we started to get back and do a couple shows for the first time. And we had a couple days off between shows and we were passing through uh, Fort Myers, Florida and decided to stop off and, and work a couple days with uh, Dave Fortman, who's a, a producer. He, he's also the one of the original guitar players from the band Ugly Kid Joe. And he's gone on to produce like Evanescence albums and Slipknot and Godsmack. And he's done a bunch of really great albums over the years and Mudvayne. Um, and we just wanted to get the ball rolling again. So we went very laid back. We just hung out in his condo in Fort Myers and, you know, just grabbed the guitar off the wall, jumped on the electric drum kit. And it was really simple. Just try to get the ball rolling again and just start improvising ideas. It was the, the first time of being in the room together again with the guys. So um, that really got things going. And then that started the whole, you know, motivation of like, all right, let's, let's focus, let's get a game plan here and let's try to shoot for a target date of, of February of, of 2022 of getting in the studio and, and get this going. So then it became very, very productive at that point. Right. So do you think the time off was good for you? I mean, cause that's gotta be uh, longest you guys didn't play, didn't play live shows and didn't jam together. Right. No, it, yeah, it, it wasn't good for me. Really, it was <laughs> you know, tough, I'm huh? Just, it was tough. I just, I couldn't, you know, I'm, I love the stage. You know, the stage is, you know, our therapy. You know, it's it's getting up there and becoming that that alter ego and 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 getting these songs out and, and that energy exchange between us and, and the crowd is, um, you know, it's it's a big reason why I do it. I I, I love being that person on stage and you know so they have it taken away at a, at a tough time when you know my my, my divorce you know my yeah. marriage is struggling and and i had all this free time and i didn't really know what to do with it i was kind of a little bit lost with it oh. um i didn't have that that outlet you know to to turn to and uh you know and all the other things like i like i mentioned just certain things were just different you know it was yeah. uh you know, a lot of people either you, you fought through it and you found ways, you know, the, the whole world, they either had to find ways to adapt to it and, and to make a living in your careers. And there was other people that struggled with it because they were having to shut down their businesses because they were told that they couldn't remain open, you know? So, right. it, you know, it was, it was tough for people around the world to see the, the, the high rate of alcoholism and drug abuse and domestic violence and divorce and uh, suicide, you know, it's just, and mental health issues. Um, I, I felt bad, especially for a lot of, you know, the younger kids who, like I mentioned, didn't, didn't get, you know, their social skills of being in school with their classmates and or their sports programs that were all canceled. You know, it was, it's, it's a tough time. You right. know, everybody went through a rough patch, but you know, to finally see a, a light at the end of the tunnel and to be able to, you know, give return back to the, to live music and slowly open up and get back on that stage. Uh, 
I mean, thank thank God for it because right. I think I think a lot of people want it, not just the musicians ourselves, but the fans. You know, I think there was a lot of people just ready to get back to it. You know, and uh, you know, so it's it's been been great to be able to do this, make this album, and, and get back on stage and do do some shows this year. Get back to normal, huh? Yeah, I noticed this, it really yeah. impacted rock stars and and comedians too because you just that whole that whole avenue that that you thrive off of was just totally cut off it's, it's right uh, right i mean our whole li- our, our livelihood is based off of playing in front of crowds <laughs> you know and now <laughs> now we're told you can't have a crowd right. yeah, so well. it was it was tough it was challenging to, to to be away from it well i assume then that that's where the fuel to the fire that is the new album divisive came from because this is a i mean obviously disturbed is always aggressive band but this is this is jam after jam um and the lyrics are hard you can paint uh, a lot of pictures yeah. with some of these things, including the new one we got on Monday, Batman. Um, I mean, it's 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 aggressive. It's full of hate and anger. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's definitely enough enough reason <laughs> to have that emotion, enough hatred, and you know, even though we take such, you know, a lot of times we take a lot of dark subject matter, but we always try to spin, you know, spin it in a positive way for to try to empower people and, and encourage them. You know, every everybody has their struggles and obviously with the way the, the world has been divided, especially here in the U S um, you know, we, we've become so combative and just attacking each other. And, and, you know, and it's even a song like, you know, Hey, you our first single off that it's, it's like, you know, we, we got to change our focus instead of always being so concentrated on, on the things that we disagree on and, and separate us we got to get back to that, that common ground and, and having a little bit more respect for each other and, and try to find those things that could unite us again. And it's just more, it's more of a wake up call. That song love to hate is, is spot on as far as what the world is right now. People do just love to hate, huh? Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and you know, I'm, I've been guilty of it too. I've, I've gone, I've taken the bait at times and, you know, social media is just, you know, it, it was, it was meant to be a good platform to unite people and bring people together and meet people or, or, you know, rediscover old childhood friendships of people you haven't seen in in decades and that, and it it still is, but, you know, it also has given people that platform to, um, to spew their hatred and their, and their, you know, disagreeing. It's like, we can't even have a friendly debate anymore. It's, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 normally I think it's healthy to have a debate of have a difference of opinions. And if you treat it, that person with respect and you have an open mind, you know, hopefully there's something said that we educate each other on why you believe a certain way or why I believe a certain way. And, and if you, you know, you could still end up disagreeing with that person and you could still be friends with them. You know, um, me and my best friend, have different views, you know, politically on things, but it doesn't affect our, our friendship, you know, cause our friendship's more, more important. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't let it uh, affect us. The problem is obvious. I don't know if we'll ever get it fixed though. Huh? Right. I, I know it, it, it seems hard because I mean, social media is not going anywhere. So it's like, it's always going to give us that platform for everybody to act like everybody's an expert now. Everybody's a doctor. <laughs> everybody's a scientist. Nope. You know, you're the, you're the judge, jury, and executioner. Everybody has, 
the solutions and thinks we know it all, you know? No, that's exactly what I say. That's my thing. I say people just think they're so damn important. Everyone's just so damn important. Right. Uh, Hey, let's talk more about the the new one we got on Monday, Batman. Um, Was it written with anyone specific in mind? Because I could think of uh, nationally a couple people that fit the bill. Worldly, I can think of a couple that fit the bill. I can think of a couple people that I know that fit the bill of of, of the Batman. Uh, Was anyone specific when this was written? Well, yeah, I mean, there there definitely was, but I, I like to keep it open to your own interpretation, like like you stated there too. I mean, you know, I'm not sure if David might have give, given it up uh, the inspiration behind it, but yeah, there's any number, you know, any number of dictators or people in the world that have, you know, in in a, in a position of power, you know, in in you know the the, the greed and this, uh, you know, and and just the evilness behind certain people. Um, you know, it's money, greed, and power. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, any number of people, there's, there's quite a few people that kind of unfortunately fit that mold. No, to close my eyes and listen to it, I just I had a bunch of different visuals of who was flashing as the bad man. It's, it, unfortunately it fits a lot yeah. of profiles, <laughs> right? right? goes back to our conversation earlier. Um, and that was good. When you get to talk to a guitarist, I always like listen to the album, try to figure out which, is your favorite to play? And this is very difficult because, like I said, this is this. These are ten bangers. Uh, so there's not. You know, yeah. But I'm gonna say, yeah, Dan, your favorite guitar work on this album is, in fact, the guitar solo toward the end of Bad Man. Yes, no. Yeah, it is. And normally, I don't pick. Normally oh, really? It's, it's too hard because they're they're all important. You know, like like we mentioned before, most musicians probably say they're. They're like picking a favorite child. Uh-huh. They're all personal and they're all important. But something, yeah, something about that song and, with, and that obviously being the next official single coming out from us, it was just it was just something that came together so quick. And then even when I did the guitar solo in there, I just felt like doing something different with it. I used the whammy pedal and I was just really just experimenting. It just kind of it naturally just happened, and it was like a cool moment and. Uh, but the overall vibe of that song, just the, the riff came out of nowhere. I, I just came into the studio one day and said to our producer, I don't want to work on what, whatever we were working on at the time. I said, let's put that on hold for a minute. I just feel really creative today. Let's just, you know, let's come up with a beat and a tempo of something that's just driving and let me improvise for a minute. And that's what we did. And, and like within seconds i think it's the very first thing i started playing was was that riff it just kind of came out of nowhere what that's amazing i'm so amazed when what what you guitars can do i have no no guitar skills whatsoever just to see someone <laughs> like you play and hear that story that's amazing because yeah. it does it, it, it really just bursts through the speakers yeah thank you and then uh, this is also cool because it, it takes me back to a kid i remember uh picking up allison chain's sap ep and on it was Ann Wilson. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, that's that Barracuda lady. And I uh, fell in love with those girls. And now Ann Wilson with an appearance on the new Disturbed record. How cool is that? Yeah, you know, you're the first journalist that I spoke to that, that picked up on the SAP thing with Alice and Chain. Like, I, I've mentioned that to a few people before, too. And I don't know if many people know that, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, it was more of a, a background performance part. So it wasn't like, you know, really put out there and it's obvious on there, but yeah, I knew she had a great relationship and respect and friendship with, with Alice and Chains. And I knew about that when SAP came out, cause I was a big fan of that, that EP. 
Um, but yeah, to have her, you know, to, to be on here, you know, more upfront on this, on this track with us was amazing uh, honor for us and an opportunity to have such a, a living legend of who we feel is probably the best female vocalist in rock to be a part of this. And you get her screaming too. It starts off as a slow song. Uh, it's called Don't Tell Me. And it's kind of slow and really dark and then kicks in and man, she is just belting it out. Yeah, she's still got those vocal chops. I mean, I remember being in the studio with her and hearing her her sing and she was, you know, working out the parts with David and then they were harmonizing together and just, you know, just working these parts out. And it was like such a surreal moment. You know, I just felt like a, a little kid here witnessing, you know, just greatness of a little legend singing on our album. So it was, it was such a cool moment. Man, yeah, no, it's, it's very impressive. And then also... um. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. I guess you can, you can tell me. Is this the first album with no cover song? Uh, no, it's not the first album. There's We've done a few without a cover. I think the Believe album, our second album, we didn't have a cover. And um, what else? And there was a couple. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's sometimes we just never know when we're going to do it. Uh-huh. If we're in the mood for it, or we talk about songs and you know, we'll bring it up in discussion. Hey, is there anything we want to, you know, try to tackle this time? And it just, it didn't, it wasn't really a priority to, to try to take on that challenge uh-huh. this time because we just felt so good about, you know, the improvising these new ideas. And half this album was written last minute in the studio because I, I was just finding a groove, uh, you know, working with Drew Falk, the, our producer for the, for the first time. And we just, me and him just locked in and we found this, this groove and we were just being very creative. And, and so a lot of these riffs came last minute. I kind of backburnered some of the original ideas that I was, that I entered the studio with. And, and I just wanted to start over on some of these. So there was definitely a lot of new stuff. Like I mentioned with, with bad man coming uh, in the moment and then uh, feeding the fire um, don't tell me, take back your life. Um, those were all just in the moment. Those were just last minute improvised just ideas that just kind of came together. Gifts from the rock God, huh? Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, I mean, it, it was, it was, go ahead. When, when I saw the full track list and everything, I saw track 10 is won't back down. I was like, is that the top? Is they going to cover Tom Petty? <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I and know. Then, between that one, yeah, we, we I figure. And then between that one and, and Hey You, people are thinking, are they doing Pink Floyd? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, because when I first was told the new songs, it's called Hey You. I was like, yeah, is it going to be a Pink Floyd? Oh my God, what what's going on? So uh, that's yeah. funny. You're so, Rick rolling everyone, I, Dan. Yeah, I know. It, 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 I'm sure some somewhere down the line, I'm sure we'll probably do another cover again. Yeah. I, I like I like doing it. I like the challenge of taking trying to find a song that we connect with lyrically that we like the message, first of all. And then depending on that song, you know, musically, is it something that I feel like I could, I could change enough to make it disturbed without, you know, with no, no disrespect to the original music. But when we take, you know, sound of silence, for example, it was a, it was a huge hit for Simon and Garfunkel, but you know, to me, the guitar part was like, I felt like I could, do whatever I want with it, it musically. It, mm-hmm. it was just kind of a song that just went straight, you know, straight through. It was all about the lyrics and the harmonies. 
And like, for example, I don't think I would want to touch a song like Stairway to Heaven because I don't think I could change the guitar part. It's too signature of a, the instrumentation, you know? Uh-huh. Um, Interesting. I, I, w- I wouldn't say no, I wouldn't rule it out, but it, it would be just, you know, something I would probably avoid doing. No, I, I, um, we love how you, but, you, know, you make them your own. When you guys do a cover, you, you obviously put your stamp on it, you know? Yeah, we, 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 it's trying to find that balance of paying our respect to the, to the original artist into that song and what can we do enough that's going to put our stamp on it that will make it a, a disturbed song, you know, because there's a generation of, of, of fans who aren't familiar with Simon and Garfunkel and didn't know that it was a cover song. And I, I mean, I was that way as a kid, you know, like when I heard songs or I heard, you know, Van Halen, you really got me or Motley Crue, Helter Skelter. And, you know, I didn't know at the time that Helter Skelter was, you know, the Beatles, you know, um, so yeah, there's a generation of kids that when they hear these songs and we do enough, uh, you know, put our stamp on it, they, they feel it's a disturbed song because it, it kind of is, you know, we've, we've yeah. put enough of it, uh, you know, I mean, especially sound of silence. I think our, that, that official video has been viewed like about 800 million times. So I think we've, <laughs> I think we put our stamp on that. One. I'd say that's a pretty uh, good way to look at it. <laughs> 800 million. That's crazy. Well, man, like I said, uh, all thriller, no filler, some sick grooves. The the jam on Batman is unbelievable. The new album, Divisive. And it's almost exactly four years since the last album. Your last album came out uh, October uh, 19th of 2018. So almost four years to the date. The new baby is yeah. born, Dan. Good job. Thank you. Appreciate it. No, thanks for your time, man. And um, yeah, we'll see you on tour, right? You guys planning a summer tour? Yeah, you know, we're, we've been going over it with management and our booking agent. You know, we we, we as a band, if what we've seen on paper, we, we agree to and we want to do. And now it's all about them making the logistics work, you know, with the promoters yeah. and, and just, you know, making sense of that routing. And, and you know, so we're, we're good to go. We just need the green light from, you know, the powers that be to make sure that, uh, that we can make it happen. Nice. Nice. Well, we've heard rumors. So look forward to seeing you soon, man. Yeah, thank you. Take care, brother. Talk to you soon, man. Thanks again. That's cool, man. That was an honest conversation with the guy, right? I didn't expect the talk through the uh, talk through your pandemic. Thinking because it's a rock star, you know. Sure, he's living the life. Oh, I went to Cabo, but obviously tough time for Dan. But but coaching football, how cool? Who's your coach? The guitarist for Disturbed mentioned how they had to cancel the tour. That's tough. And and I said in the interview too, comedians and, and rock stars really just got emotionally just crushed. Not be able to do what they do for the last, you know, for a year and a half or whatever it is. And uh, there you have it. Check out the brand new album. That Ann Wilson track is no joke. The album Divisive is now out there. And what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The eighth album since the release of The Sickness in 2000. That's pretty cool. Dan, thanks for your time. And thank you for joining me inside the Keto Vault. If you like what we do, do this stuff, man. Subscribe. Give us a good rating. Tell a friend. And thanks for jumping inside the Keto Vault.